Hey everybody, welcome to the Active Churches Podcast. We hope you are inspired by today's message from one of our teaching pastors here at Active Churches. We are online and we are also in person, so we'd love to have you gather with us 9 a.m. and 1045 here at our Yukaipa location or online on YouTube or Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's dive into our message. Welcome to Active Church, everybody. My name is Mike, and I serve as the lead pastor, and I'm so glad that you're here. You're joining us for week two of a series called Different Than Last Time, and we're talking about how you can make this time different than last time. And in order to make things different than last time, we got to talk about your decisions, because your decisions determine the direction and quality of your life. You are where you are based mostly on the decisions that you've made. And some of those decisions you can celebrate and some of those decisions are ones that you wish that you can change, which is why this conversation is so important. We want to make this time different than last time. And so over the course of the next few weeks, we're going to give you a question to ask yourself when you're making important decisions. But before we get there, I want to talk about three dynamics that are incorporated, that are involved in our decision-making. The first is this, that most of our decisions are not made in emotionally neutral environments. They're mostly made when we are emotional, when our emotions are high. And here's what I've learned about me, and this is perhaps true of you. When we make decisions that are emotionally based, it can often get us in some trouble. Like, for example, have you ever made a really bad relationship decision? Now, I know when you're watching this, or you're listening to this, you might think to yourself, nah, not me. I don't make bad relationship decisions, but let's just be honest for a moment. Do you remember when they warned you about them, but you decided to date them or get married to them because you were in love? And then when you made that decision, you immediately regretted it, or maybe you regretted it after a few weeks or a few months? Or do you remember when you made a bad purchasing decision where you had to have it And then you got it, and now you don't want it anymore? It's not important to you? Or do you think about a moment where you made an unanticipated decision? A decision where you didn't know that you would have to make this, but then you were forced to make it because if you didn't, you would lose something or something terrible would happen? Those are not emotionally neutral decisions. The second component in decision-making is that we don't know What hangs in the balance of our decisions? We don't know what the future holds. We don't know about the impact that our decisions will have. It's why some of us, it's why we get stuck. It's why we freeze. It's why we don't want to make a decision. But even the smallest decisions you make have huge impact. They have generational impact. Like, for example, what if George Washington actually allowed Congress to make him king instead of president. That would have changed everything, right? Or what if Dr. Martin Luther King decided to remain silent instead of speaking up? That would have changed everything. Now, I know that you're not George or you're not Dr. King, although you have the potential to be George and Dr. King, but here's the thing that I don't want you to miss. Generations will be impacted by your decisions Your personal decisions influence the people 
around you, those that you love, those that you're learning to love, those that you like, those that you're learning to like. Think about what would have happened if your mom and dad made different decisions. Maybe you are where you are because your parents made really solid decisions and you can celebrate that. What would happen if they didn't? Or maybe you are where you are because of your decisions because your parents didn't make good decisions. What would happen if they did? What would, what would be the story you would be telling right now? Our decisions impact those around us and we don't know what hangs in the balance of our decisions. And by the way, the decisions you make in private, they always have public consequences. And the third dynamic that comes into decision-making is the filter that we run all of our decisions through. And for most of us, here's some of the filters that we run our decisions through. We want to be happier. We want to be richer. We want this to be good for us. We want to enjoy this, or we want to do the right thing. The reality is, is that all of those components are involved in our decision-making. And it's why decision-making is so hard. And it's why decision-making is so important. Your decisions determine the direction and quality of your life, which is why we want to talk about how you can make this time different than last time. And these questions that we're going to give you over the next few weeks, I believe could be a game changer for you. It gives you some really good filters for decision-making. Like, is this helpful? And is this holy? So without further ado, I want to give you the first question that you can ask in your decision-making process to help this time be better than last time. Are you ready? Here's the question. Am I being honest with myself? Really? Am I being honest with myself? Really? That is such an important question. And notice my rhythm and notice my tone. Like I asked the first part of the question, am I being honest with myself? And then I paused and then I asked the question, really? Would you, would you ask yourself that question out loud right now together? We'll do it together. You ready? Here we go. Am I being honest with myself? Really? Here's why this question is so important for you and for me and for those around you and those around me. When it comes to selling ourselves on bad ideas, we are professional salespeople. We will buy what we're selling to ourselves every single time. And here's an example. Do you remember what you said last time about dessert? Do you remember what you sold to yourself about dessert? Maybe you said something like, I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to eat right in the new year. And then dessert was served. And you said, well, since I didn't have dessert last night, I'm going to have a little dessert tonight and it won't hurt anything. And what'd you do? You had dessert. Or maybe you told yourself, you know, I've been working really hard, so I deserve this treat. You ever said that to yourself? Or maybe you said to yourself, you know what? I'll work out tomorrow and I'll work off these calories that I put into my body tonight. <laughs> we are all excellent salespeople, especially when it comes to bad ideas. And here's why. Psychologists call this confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. To make it more understandable, more accessible, it literally means this. We see what we want to see, 
and we hear what we want to hear and anything to the opposite, we tune out. That's confirmation bias. And we do that to ourselves often in our decision-making process. Now, here's the truth. One dessert is probably not going to defeat you. So you have permission to eat dessert, all right? No judgment, no shame. One dessert is probably not going to defeat you. But there will be some decisions. There will be some decisions that will shape your future that you wish you never made you never intended for this decision to influence you and those around you the way that it did. And some of those decisions you'll be paying for, for the rest of your life. And that feels hard and that sounds heavy, but that's why we're having this conversation different than last time. And that's why this first question is so important. Am I being honest with myself, really? Now, reality is this, you never have to sell yourself on the right thing to do. You never have to sell yourself on what is good, helpful, or holy. You will always have to sell yourself on the terrible idea. Now, as we talk about this, maybe there's a deeper question that you have, because I know that I have it. And that deeper question is this, why are we so prone to self-deception? Why are you a sucker for you, and why am I a sucker for me? How come I can convince myself of something terrible? Why do I sell myself on this? Well, the best explanation that I have found actually comes from an ancient prophet in the nation of Israel called Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah. And he is somebody that wrote a few of the documents that's in the Old Testament or the Hebrew scriptures of the Bible. And he makes one statement that's incredible. And it was made in an environment where people were selling themselves on terrible ideas. Jeremiah specifically worked with some really terrible kings, some terrible men who were put in charge of the nation of Israel. And these kings would have had a better story to tell if they listened to this piece of advice from Jeremiah. And I want to show it to you. But before we get there, let me give you some context to the life of Jeremiah. He lived around 600 B.C., he was a prophet of God, and so he would speak on behalf of God to the people of God, and he would give them wisdom, the people of God, and he would speak to the king and give the king wisdom. Think like the evangelist Billy Graham when he would meet with presidents of the United States. Whether they were Republican or Democrat, he would meet with them, pray with them, and give them biblical wisdom. This was Jeremiah's role in ancient Israel, but the problem was these people would often not listen to him. In fact, in one of his documents, one of his letters that he writes, he says to God, Jeremiah, to God, he says, these people aren't listening, and so I'm not going to talk about you, God, anymore. I'm frustrated, I'm tired, I'm over it. And then in the very next sentence, he says, but God, not talking about you would be terrible because it's like a fire in my belly that has to get out. In other words, Jeremiah said, I know that this is what you created me for, and even though it's frustrating, I can't stop. I need to keep moving because a better story needs to be shared. Jeremiah had this love-hate relationship with the nation of Israel and the kings of Israel. In fact, two kings were really frustrating to Jeremiah. The first king was King Jehoiakim. 
King Jehoiakim, when he ruled, he thought it would be a good idea to lead Israel into rebellion against King Nebuchadnezzar and the nation, the kingdom of Babylon. Now, Babylon was the superpower during this time, and they were huge, and Israel was at their disposal, and Israel would pay them some resource so that they could get protection from Babylon. And Jehoiakim, the king, decided that he was done with that and was going to declare war on Babylon. It would be like the city of Calamesa, the city that I live in in California. It would be like the city of Calamesa declaring war on the United States of America. Now, I know that we got some good peeps in Calamesa. I know that. But we would not win that battle. It would be terrible. It'd be a dumb decision. And that is what Jeremiah is saying to Jehoiakim. You are taking a step that is not wise. It's not helpful. It's not holy. Because not only do I disagree with this, but God disagrees with this. This is not what God wanted. But Jehoiakim didn't listen. And he did what he wanted to do. And guess what? Babylon responded with domination. They destroyed King Jehoiakim and his battle and his armies to the point that they removed Jehoiakim and replaced him with a new king. And then what King Nebuchadnezzar does, the king of Babylon, whenever he would win a war, he would actually take the kings of those nations that he defeated and he would put them in his king collection. You know, some of you have a china cabinet at home with the good china that you never use that collects dust, but it's pretty to look at, right? Or some of you have sports memorabilia that you look at, baseball cards or autographed jerseys that you hang up that's pretty to look at. You never wear, you never touch, but it's pretty to look at. King Nebuchadnezzar had a king's collection. And every nation that he dominated, he would take the king and put them a part of his collection. And he would allow people to see the king. He would parade them in front of people as a way to flex on his power. And he would flex so hard that he would actually treat these kings so well, except for the fact that he would blind them. He would blind them because he would never want them to lead again. He would want them to be reminded that because of their disobedience to Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar, that they are now going to have to trust in him for the rest of their life. This is what happened to Jehoiakim. He ignored this piece of advice from Jeremiah. (laughs) And here's the ironic thing. The king that they actually put in place for Jehoiakim, his name is Zedekiah, King Zedekiah. And he decided to do the same thing. And Jeremiah told him not to do this, and Zedekiah wouldn't listen, even though he saw everything that took place before. Zedekiah wouldn't listen, and he wouldn't listen so much to Jeremiah that he actually actually had Jeremiah put in a well to shut him up. And yet, when Zedekiah went after the king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, the same thing happened. He lost his family, he lost his authority, And he was put apart, made a part of the king's collection, and he lost his eyesight. Which brings us to a question that we ask all the time, not just when we read this story, but when we hear stories like this, is why why would they do this? Why, Why wouldn't they listen? Like, it seems so obvious that this is a terrible decision from our perspective, right? It seems so obvious that they shouldn't do this, and yet they did. And here's what's so fascinating. During his interaction with Zedekiah, 
and Jehoiakim, Jeremiah actually explains why we make these terrible decisions and not listen to the wisdom around us. He explains why you and why me are really great salespeople to you and me. It's why we do what we do. And what he says here is actually the first step in recognizing if we're being honest with ourselves or not, which will actually help us to make this time different than last time. So I want to show you what he said. All that build up to show you what he said. So if you have a Bible or the Bible app with you, would you turn to Jeremiah chapter 17, starting in verse 9. And if you're watching this, the verses will be on the screen. Here's what Jeremiah said to Jehoiakim. Here's what Jeremiah said to Zedekiah. He said this, The heart is deceitful above all things. The heart, the thing in you, not the actual physical organ, but the feelings, the emotions, the thoughts, all of that in you can actually deceive you. Now, there is a difference between being deceitful and dishonest. Being dishonest literally means just you're, you're just straight up not honest. You're not telling the truth. But deceitful usually implies an agenda or a half-truth or manipulation. Jeremiah says that the heart, your feelings, your emotions are deceitful above all things. And then there's a second part to this statement. He says that the heart is deceitful above all things and is beyond cure. Now that's not encouraging, right? And boy, do we need some hope and boy, do we need some good news. And this isn't hopeful and this isn't good news. But Jeremiah's point is this. This is a permanent condition in your, in your feelings, in your emotions, in your heart. And we need to take permanent action from being deceived by our hearts. And then he finishes his statement this way. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? That last statement is something I think we've all experienced where we look at the situation that we have caused. We look at the results of our decisions and we say, I don't understand why I did that. What was I thinking? Or we look around us at the decisions that are being made and we go, I don't understand why they did that. What were they thinking? Jeremiah would say, it's because they followed their heart. They listened to their emotions. They let their feelings lead the way. And your heart is deceitful. There is an agenda. It's trying to manipulate you. And you and I both suffer from the same heart condition. Our hearts are deceitful above all else. Now, this sounds really hopeless. And he says there's no cure. But you and I have the privilege of looking at the entire story that God has written and is continuing to write. And a part of that story is the reality that God came to earth. And his name is Jesus. And he came to do a great work in us and through us. And so if we wanna take permanent action so that we are not deceived by our hearts, I wanna give you two things that you can do, two decisions that you can make right now, today. The first decision is this. You need to have a heart to heart with you. You need to have a heart to heart with you. You need to tell yourself the truth. You need to be honest with yourself, really. And I know that's scary. And I know it can be overwhelming. Brene Brown actually talks about this. She's an author and a speaker, and she calls this emotional curiosity. 
She describes it this way. When we push through the discomfort and get to the curious about why we're feeling what we're feeling and why we want to do what we want to do, we get to the truth. But the problem with getting to the truth is that it can be uncomfortable. It can be unsettling because we're actually being honest with ourselves, really. But here's the thing that I don't want you to miss. When you take this step, it allows you to live with integrity, with authenticity, with genuineness. The invitation is really this, to stop and to pause before you make that decision and go, the reason I'm doing this is, and fill in the blank. That's when you have a heart to heart with you. And by the way, when you're honest with you, it will allow you to be honest with everybody around you. I know honesty can be terrifying, but my friend, don't miss this. Look at this. If you're listening, lean in. Honesty leads to freedom. And if you want to live in freedom, you need to get honest. Am I being honest with myself? Really, you need to have a heart to heart with you. The second step that you can take is the most important step. You need to have a heart to heart with Jesus. Because here's the thing that we know to be true, we're convinced of, we believe at Active Church, is that Jesus is the only thing that can change a heart. Jesus is the cure to our deceitfulness in our thoughts, in our feelings, and in our emotions. Jesus said this about himself in John 14, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. What he's saying to you and to me and anybody that would listen is what you're looking for in life is found in Jesus, the author of life. Friend, everything that you need, Jesus already is. Everything that you need, Jesus already is. And he invites you to say yes to him, to trust him. His invitation sounds this way. Matthew wrote it down. He said, come to me all who are tired and weary and I will give you the thing that you need, rest. That you don't have to play this game of covering lies anymore and trying to make sure that you are not being found out through your manipulation, not buying what you're selling to yourself. You actually can live honestly. You can find rest when you have a heart to heart with Jesus. And Jesus says, when we have this heart to heart, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. My friend, dishonesty has the potential to imprison you, but honesty, honesty has the power to free you. So in every decision that you're making, stop, pause, and ask this question. Am I being honest with myself? Really? Have a heart to heart with you and have a heart to heart with the Jesus, with the God who loves you. Now to finish our time, I wanna do something that'll be really uncomfortable, all right? So I'm prepping you for that. So those of you that are a bit anxious about this moment, it's gonna be okay, all right? I just wanna get you started into the habit of asking yourself honest questions, okay? So I'm gonna ask you some honest questions. Some might hit you, some might have nothing to do with you, but this is to show you, to help you, to take that first step forward to being honest with yourself, really. So here's some questions that you can answer out loud or you can answer in your own heart, in your own mind. Some will be relevant to you and some will not even have anything to do with you. But this is what it sounds like to be honest with yourself. You ready? First question. What's the real reason why you're doing that? 
What's the real reason why you're drinking or lying or pretending or behaving that way? What's the real reason? Are you being honest with yourself? What's the real reason why you don't talk to them? Avoid them, ignore them, block them on social media. What's the real reason why you're buying that? Or you're moving? What's the real reason why you continue to date them or that type of person? Why? Why are you taking that job? Why are you so upset? Why did you actually say that? What's the real reason why you're doing the thing that you're doing when you know it's not healthy and it's not holy? Those are not fun questions, are they? But they are an example of what it sounds like when we stop and we pause and we ask ourselves, am I being honest with myself? Really? It's brutal. It's terrifying. But it's also liberating and it can set you free. And here's why it's so essential for you. You and I, we will often opt for happy over healthy. You and I, we will often choose pleasure over self-control. And I want to invite you to step into freedom, to step into holiness, to step into a relationship with Jesus that's real and genuine and authentic. Am I being honest with myself? Really? Could I give you some steps of honesty? Some things that you could actually say yes to today? Uh, The first step is really moving from being addicted to being free and being a part of a group called Active Recovery. This group is going to start at the end of January, and I would love for you to be a part of it. No judgment, no shame, no embarrassment. I would love for you to be a part of it. And you can take your first step to being honest by texting recovery to the number on the screen. Or maybe you want to grow in your faith. You are ready to take that next step of faith. You're ready to be equipped. You're ready to tell the story of Jesus in a confident and courageous way. I want to invite you to be a part of Rooted. Rooted is a 10-week experience that will change your life. And if you want to be a part of Rooted, take that first step to being honest. I want to invite you to text Rooted to the number on the screen. And of course, something we celebrate in a big way here at Active is baptisms. And baptisms is you choosing to go public with the personal work of God. And remember, your decisions have generational impact. What would happen in your family and in your future family if you decided to get baptized on the first Sunday of February at Active Church? You can. And take that first step by texting BAPTISM to the number on the screen. My friends, this time will be different than last time. When we answer this question, am I being honest with myself? Really? May I pray for you? So God, as we deal with what is happening inside of us, would you allow us to work through the shame and the regret and the embarrassment of our decisions in the past and not stay there, but know that forgiveness has come. And so we ask for your forgiveness for those terrible decisions. But we also ask that you would give us courage to face the consequences of those decisions so that we can be present in the present and we can build a better future. And we only can do this when we decide to have a heart-to-heart with ourselves 
and with the one who loves us most, and that's Jesus. And it's because of Jesus that we can find freedom, and we can find health, and we can find salvation and forgiveness. And we pray all of this in his name. And together, everybody said, amen.
Thanks for tuning in today. We hope you were inspired. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. Hey, I want to ask you to do two things. First thing, hit that subscribe button to stay connected to the Active Churches podcast. The second thing I want to invite you to do is go onto your social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook, and go to Active Churches. Stay connected to the community because together we can tell a better story.